This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. And just be able to spend some time in God's presence with one another and, and with with some beautiful new friends. I was able to connect with some people today that was just awesome just to get to know them and their life a little better. One of the things that we we decided to do today, because today's a unique day for us in our journey, we're, we're commissioning our, our Harbor at Home leaders um, to launch out into their, their smaller connect times starting next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. And we already have so much momentum. I'm only thing I'm nervous about is how, how big these groups could be, but we're going to try to keep that intimacy with one another as we, we journey together um, in connection and communion, conversation, ministry to one another. It's such, a, it's such an important thing for us to do as the body of Christ, but we're going to be commissioning them at the end. But wanted to take just a minute and talk to us as a community about this whole concept of, of family. And the importance of family. So if we could, could we just pray and ask Holy Spirit just to, um, to be with us, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you give us insight into your heart. And thank you that even today there's going to be a special grace for us just to be able to see a little clearer, to be able to hear a little better, to be able to understand what you're saying to the church, to your body, to your people in this specific moment. In Jesus' name. You know, when I think back on the life and ministry of Jesus and really what that represented in terms of he being an example for us, like, hey, church. Hey, future sons and daughters, here's what's possible um, for your life to look like as you live and flow um, as, as, as one's coming after him. Here's, here's what this is going to look like. You know, I think about how everything changed when Jesus referred to God as his father. Isn't that interesting? Like everything changed in terms of the dynamic of what Israel or the, the, the children of Israel knew about God. And Jesus introduces this concept where he says, hey, Father, Abba, changed everything, changed the entire dynamic. Why? Because he was setting in place motion for the family of God to be brought forth here on the earth. Isn't that amazing? The family of God. We're jumping into this Build the Wall um, series, which we kind of kicked off last week. If you weren't here, go check out that message. But I mentioned how the books of Ezra and Nehemiah were actually one book. And Ezra, his name literally means helper. And Nehemiah's name means comforter. And so there's help and comfort and enablement as God does two things, builds us. And then as he builds us, we are then positioned to rebuild like Nehemiah did 
the walls and the gates surrounding this city called the kingdom of heaven. This is massively important. How many of you know this is so, so vital for God to do his work in us first as the family of God, where we come to understand, like Jesus did, Father. And, 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 and in that identification with him as Father, really just being rooted in our own identity as sons and daughters. And then out of that rooting, it's like we're established, we're, 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 we're positioned to really represent Jesus, represent the Father to the world, just like Jesus did as he showed us the way. So he's building us so that we can build the gates, which is the entrance points for people to come into this beautiful thing that we've experienced and rebuild the walls, which is that safety that's around the household of God. How many of you know it's so important for us to feel safe in this thing called our journey with Jesus? So I wrote down these two words, sacred space sacred space now when we hear those two words we may think of the Sistine Chapel we may think of the road on some pilgrimage over in Spain there there could be all kinds of things that we could think about when we try to quantify sacred space but I wrote this down after those two words I put God's kingdom realm within you. I'm actually praying that as we just take these few minutes before we pray over our Harbor Home leaders, that God would awaken understanding of what sacred space is all about. And it's this kingdom realm of his rule, of his domain taking place on the inside of us. Every single person in this room. Look what Jesus says here in Luke chapter 17. Put it up on the screen for you. Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom realm come? So he, they're, they're wanting to know, God, where are you? What are you doing? What's this thing going to look like? And they had concepts that looked a lot like political conquest and all these other ideals, Right? And they were waiting for these things. And these things weren't happening. Actually, quite the opposite was taking place in the culture of the day. Do you remember? And so he's telling them, hey, as you ask me this question, he responds and he says, God's kingdom realm does not come come simply by obeying principles or waiting for signs. In other words, this isn't about just religious duty. You know, going through the motions or waiting for something, you know, otherworldly to come and just show up on our doorstep the next day. As we're like, Lord, you got to sh- give me a sign. I'm laying a fleece out here. Like all those kind of things, right? He said it doesn't simply come in those kind of ways. He says the kingdom, verse 21, is not discovered in one place or another. Here it is. Look at this with me. For God's kingdom realm is already expanding on the inside of some of you. Okay. So here's here's what's taking place. There's this activity of God in the world that is legit and it's for real. But how it's 
it's transpiring in this New Testament moment that we find ourselves in, empowered in, 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 in and through the example of Jesus, is its expansion of God's working on the inside of our own hearts. You know, we're, we're really trying to make space for connection and engagement with one another. At first, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable. Like even Wong, you know, got up earlier before we even started worship and was like, hey, anybody you see in here that you don't know, go talk to them, right? Like that is terrifying for me. I'm just telling you, it is like everything in my being, you know, has a, I'm an extroverted introvert. Can I get an amen? That's my makeup. That's how I'm wired. And so it's really taken a discipline for me to go up to somebody that I don't know, that I've never met before, never talked to, and begin to engage with them and learn some things about their life. Every time Wendy and I hang out with people, the thing that we always ask and we give a lot of space to is, tell us your story. We want to hear your journey. Because sacred space is formed from literally the time that we take our first breath and is completed at the time we take our last breath. There is stuff that goes down in the day in, day out of our lives that is precious. At times it's beautiful. At times it's tragic. At times it's, it's glorious. At other times it's, it's incredibly painful. Come on, anybody else know what I'm talking about? Or I'm just talking to myself this morning. Right, The journey of life, the journey through all kinds of different seasons. I just got a a notification today from a friend, Lindo Cooley, who led worship, the Brownsville Revival, just had had an issue with his heart, a very serious issue, was in surgery for 12 hours. They don't even know if he's going to be able to make it through this. And I'm thinking, man, in one moment, life is precious. Every day is a gift, right? Every day is a blessing. And it's important that we get to know one another and engage with one another in our stories. Because if God is Father, then that means we are a family. We are a family. In fact, the word talks about it over and over again in the New Testament. We are the household of faith. Household of faith. Household. People that have been brought together in this one common union. So we looked at last week where the expansion of this rule of God that takes place in our hearts, right, is enablement um, by his grace, this this otherworldly power. We can't do any of this on our own strength. How many of you know that, right? Like the change that God wants to bring to the world through his church, there's not something that we can produce in and of our own abilities, right? but it's happening by his grace. But it comes very practically where, number one, we begin to understand the vision of the kingdom. What is the vision? Listen, churches all over America, we don't have visions. God has a vision, right? And we follow after his vision, and the vision of the Lord is to go. Go and make disciples. Last week I talked about the sword and the trowel, and the the sword is the vision. And we have to know, where are we heading with this whole thing? Listen, there is going to be a bunch of learning that's going to take place in nations all around the world that have no understanding of who God is. But it's got to start right here in our Jerusalem called South Florida, right? And we're going to see it where people get, wow, this is who God actually is. We're going to teach them about himself and his ways. 
people will come to an understanding. I told our team this the other day that the whole purpose of communication, if we're good communicators, the whole purpose of it is for people to understand what we're talking about, right? So how we do that, we need the grace of God to give us capacity to give people the ability to understand. So that's the sword. But it's also, secondly, and this is really important, this is a big thing for us here, is it's exuding the culture of the kingdom, the culture of it. I mean, we can be on mission. We can have a vision, right? We can be like, man, let's, we're going to do this thing. But more importantly, is our heart connected to the culture of God, right? Do we have the same essence that he did? Jesus shocked things, you know, with the way he behaved, with the way he, he lived his life. And this is the same thing that we've been called to do. This is really the rebuilding of the walls and the gates. It's like where people feel safe. They're like, man, you are a safe space. You exude Jesus himself. Now, I just want to just for a minute, and I don't want to get too heady and too technical here, but I just want to say something from the word to you as it relates to the equipping of the saints, meaning the body being built up, strengthened, matured. So I want to just kind of take a minute and I want to look in Ephesians chapter two, chapter four, actually, and we're going to go somewhere with this, but, but ultimately where I want to land is on what is God doing in you as the family of God, okay? Isn't about so much what I'm talking about here, but this, this actually sets up um, and parallels like where the Lord has taken us. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 12. Paul is... Prior to this, he's talking about these apostles, these prophets, these evangelists, these pastors, these teachers, all religious terminology that simply are five different expressions of the beauty of God that's, that's, that, that's being made known and manifest through men and women that, that, were, that were living in that time, right? That were actually active in the church. And so Paul wants to give some clarity on who are these people? Like, what is their, what is their assignment? And look at this with me. He says, and their calling is to nurture and prepare. To nurture and prepare. You know, when, when we get nurtured, it's, it's that kind of the softening. It's the caring for. It's, it's, it's getting people, um, you know, kind of in a place where they can actually be able to receive. Like we were this last week, I, I told you guys last Sunday, that Wendy and I were at a, um, a five-day marriage conference with, conference with other pastors. And if anybody I've seen can put up walls and act like everything's great, it's pastors, right? Because they got to have it all together all the time, right? Like they got to be the ones that, man, they got it all figured out, right? So, so we're going day one, day two. And I, I told actually the facilitators this on the last night as we were having a time of honoring one another. I said, I was so impressed by the wisdom and the strategy and the way that you just kind of gave some time and some space for hearts to begin to unwind a little bit to where they actually could receive. Come on. We're not just on mission to get people to some final destination quickly. We, it, it's a slower burn. It's, it's a marination 
come on guys, of, of people's hearts and their lives where there's, where there's actually movement that actually gets them to a place where when God does say something through whoever, they can actually understand it and receive it. And it brings change in their lives, right? Otherwise, what are we doing? We're just up here doing busy work and God is wanting these ministries to, to nurture, to nurture. I love what he says in verse 13. He says, these ministries will function until we all, well, Darren, what do you mean? Like everybody in the church? Yeah. Like every single person who names the name of Jesus. Okay. That may, that may not be a really big deal to you, but I want to tell you how big of a deal that, that is. That means that everybody's important. Everybody that has come to know Jesus has value, has significance, has something to give. And so he's at work in every life. Like oftentimes, have you ever had that quiet whisper that comes to your ear that says, you know what, maybe you're not that important. Maybe you don't really matter. Maybe if you didn't show up, maybe if you weren't here, maybe if you weren't involved, maybe if you weren't engaged in what God had called you to do, hey, it's not that big of a deal because you're not that big of a deal. I want to tell you, that is a lie, the biggest lie from the pit of hell. And if you've been experiencing that on any level, there may be actually something more profound for you than you even realize that the enemy would fight that hard against you. You have significance. So gifts are gifts. They're they're, they're given so that, man, there's betterment, there's blessing in other people's lives. There's people that God has called to say, hey, listen, I've been put on this earth to see you become great, to add value to your life. When when we wake up, my wife and I can speak for, for us and our team. We wake up and say, Lord, who do you have on my radar today to give away something of eternal significance to their lives and add value and see them propelled forward into who you've called them to be? Ministry is not about us in the way that we've understood it. Super preachers, super pastors, super worship leaders, all this, that is not what this is about. It is about super people that God is raising up, a family that's dynamic, that's getting the attention of the world that really looks like something otherworldly. This is what God is doing. Can you imagine if in verse 13, if we attained Oneness or unity in the faith. <laughs> oh, what would it look like if we were unified as the body of Christ? Then he says, we'll experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. 
not to be weird or whatever, but you remember in Revelation, there's all these angels and stuff and they're worshiping the Lord and they have all these eyes all over their bodies. And it's kind of like, wow, what is that all about? The reason they have to have like a thousand eyes is because there's a thousand different angles that they're gonna list, look at him from for thousands and thousands upon years and gain, gain a new aspect of who Jesus is. And yet it's not just reserved for those angels that are there before the throne caught crying, holy, holy, holy. It's actually for us to come to know the son of God. Can you imagine the gift to the church is for us to actually realize who Jesus is. This is the biggest question that all of humanity is going to have to answer. Who is Jesus? Who is he? Was he a liar? A lunatic? Or is he truly Lord over the heavens and the earth? I'm all in. I've, I've gone all in. I've pushed all the chips into the center and I say he is Lord over the heavens and the earth. I say Jesus is real. Some of my testimony that you guys may or may not know, when I was in a desperate space and I was like, God, I need to, I need to meet with you, whoever you are. I wasn't sure if it was gonna be Jesus that showed up because I gave that Jesus or the Jesus I thought I knew a try and he never met me in that kind of a way. Based on my religious experience in my younger years, it wasn't relevant. It wasn't connecting. But there's a desperation in every heart. Every person that's ever been born, that ever will be born, that is like, I want to know you. And there's a cry ultimately, like, reveal yourself to me. Well, guess how God's going to reveal Jesus to people? Through you and me. Paul talks about how our immaturity will end. We won't be easily shaken. Come on, somebody. Easily shaken by trouble. Read that in verse 14. We're not going to be led astray by novel teachings and, and, and deceptions and de deceivers that are coming in. Can you imagine what that would look like? Man, we're going to be solid. We're going to be on that rock, right? Walking this thing out. Instead, we're going to remain strong and sincere in our love as we express the truth. All of our ministries will flow from Christ and lead us into deeper realms with him. Look at this last verse here. Verse 16. And this is talking about you. For his body has been formed in his image. Let me pause right there. When you look in the mirror, do you see Jesus in you? Because he's there. He is, he is fashioned on the very essence of how he's made you up. He's revealing himself through your very life. And he says, and every member has been given, here we go, divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Okay. Let me just stand here for a minute. Every member, every single person who has named the name of Jesus their Lord has been given already divine gifts to contribute 
to what? The growth of this thing called the church and the kingdom of God. That's an awakening right there when that starts to happen. Every single person activated in this reality. And he says these gifts will, will operate effectively through all, all the whole body and we will be built up and made perfect in love when this happens. Can you imagine? It's not reserved for just a few, but for an army, an entire family that carries the value of heaven on the inside of them. Well, how do we get there? We've used three words to try to describe this. We need to create space where we can receive from other people, right? Where we actually, listen to me and I'm wrapping this up, where we actually acknowledge, hear me, that we can't get to where we're going unless we had those people in our lives giving us what they have. We, we live in a very independent culture in America. It's not one of this, we're, we're very independent. We take ground, we do things kind of on our own, but it's become, become one of our weaknesses because we don't realize that, man, we have to make space to receive from others. Secondly, we have to share in the journey of life with other people. We're not alone. We're not islands unto ourselves. We're not ships floating in the dark by ourselves at night. We are journeying together as a family. And then we have space where people can give away to others what God has given to them. You know, we're, we're launching this whole concept called Harbor at Home, which we've been doing since, since COVID. And it's a reinstitution of, of a season that we had for the first 15 years of Harbor and what we called home fellowships. And the basic point, more than it being some program or, or some systematic design, that we look at through some religious lens. It's a space where we can come together to receive and to share and to give to one another. Where we say, hey, we're not on this journey alone because loving people, we're here to know God and loving people, if, we're, if, if knowing God actually is parallel to loving people, Loving people has to look like something. I want to close with this story, and I don't want to embarrass Wendy. I actually shared it with our Harbor Home leaders uh, the other day. But we, I can't remember, I think it might have been a Wednesday. Wendy's gone back to, to giving herself pretty full time as much as she can to physical therapy. And um, she's doing home health. And so this is where you get called into whatever home in the neighborhood, and she's over basically all of Pompano Beach. And there's all kinds of patients and opportunities. And sometimes she ends up in an area that is maybe not as, as affluent as another area. And it maybe can feel a little scary, you know, at times, like being in that space. So she'll let me know, hey, Darren, I'm in this, I'm going up to this house. It's a little sketchy. I don't know what I'm walking into. Because, I mean, you know, there's real situations out there that actually can be very dangerous at times if you don't, if you don't use wisdom. So we just try to use wisdom. So she goes into this house. She tells me about this after coming home that she was treating a patient who literally hadn't eaten any food in over three weeks. And she was trying to describe what the house looked like. And she felt this move on the inside of her heart for us to go get some food that evening and take it to him. 
which is not her physical therapy responsibility. Do you guys understand that, right? This was something else happening in my wife's heart as she was representing Jesus through the act of physical therapy. This is ministry, do you understand? She's out there doing her job and she's carrying Christ on the inside of her and man, stuff begins to happen when we realize that and we go into those spaces and know, hey, when I walk out of this space, something's gonna be different because I was here, right? So she comes home and she's like, hey, we gotta go get this guy some food. I said, no problem, by the way, I was having to go do a Walmart run picked up a bunch of food that she had ordered. Have you guys ever, have you guys done that? Like where you call it in, you go pick it up. It's brilliant. It's amazing. It's awesome. You don't have to shop in the store anymore. That's deliverance from Walmart. Can I get an amen? You don't have to worry about the poor customer service or just wandering through the aisles aimlessly. You can get somebody else to go get that food for you. They don't even charge you for it. Then you go pick it up and they put it in your car, right? They'll deliver it. You have to pay a little money for that, Peter. We've gone the lower discounted rate. We go pick it up. Okay, you're at a whole other level. Peter's the Walmart professional here. But the point is, is that it's amazing. You can go get this stuff. So I get home. This is, where, this is a really interesting part of the story. And we take out all of our groceries. And somehow they put other groceries into our groceries that we didn't order were the exact type of food that this guy needed. I'm thinking manna from heaven. Wendy says, no, this is wrong. We got to go take it back to Walmart. Do you see the conflict here? She's black and white. I'm a little more gray. Come on, somebody. I'm like, I'll take it back. That's fine. Whatever. You don't receive the blessing of the Lord through these (laughs) secret groceries that got put into our car. Actually, what was beautiful about it is the lady that ordered the, those groceries were there waiting on her groceries and they couldn't find her groceries until we show up. So here's now, this is called double blessing. Can I get an amen? Double anointing where you, you, you just follow the things of the Lord and here we are like bringing these groceries to her, the employees happy, the per, girls happy and stuff. And then we go from there, we go get this food, we go over to this man's house. Now I'm concluding with this. When we walked in, I've been all over the world. I've been to 36 different countries all over the world. I've been in some really challenging situations. And less than a mile from here, up Dixie West, it was like a third world country in our backyard when I walked into this house. I'm telling you, you would be shocked. And I'm thinking, my wife, she'd be embarrassed for me to say it, but I was thinking my wife is such a woman of God that she would come back here to bring this food and we walk through the house to get to his room, which actually wasn't a room. It only could be accessed by the backyard. We had to go through the house. No windows, no bathroom, a, a piecemeal bed on the floor that I, don't, I think was a blow-up mattress. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. No AC, And nothing in the room. And he's just sitting there in darkness. And when I opened the door and I saw him, do you know what I saw? And this shocked me. I saw Jesus in him. I saw value in this person who was so emaciated that literally his life was in jeopardy. We started pulling out all the food one by one. He, with every move, he just... He was more amazed with 
we even got you M&Ms. You know, that, those were actually for me, but I actually gave them away to him. Okay? I could eat some M&Ms every day. Plain peanut. I think they have brownie kinds now. You know what I mean? I'm an eminent. I, I could do, but anyhow, we get, and he's just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, blown away. And then he said something that I'll never forget. He looks at my bride and he says, you've saved me. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost means to heal to make whole, to set free people in bondage. It wasn't just food for his belly, but it was an expression of the love of God to a person that needed his love. So loving people looks like something, I'm closing with this, it looks like compassion, calling, and contribution. Compassion is simply ascribing value and worth to others created in the image of God through expressions of love. Church, do you understand? This is what we're, number two point, called to do. Calling is not volunteerism. It's not like, hey, I'm gonna do this this week, next week I'm not. There's a calling on all of our lives to have compassion for the world. To be moved by the world. I, th- I will never be the same again knowing that a couple of miles from here or less than a mile from here, there are real life situations going on in this city that, man, we can help resolve on some level. Especially as doors are open to us. And I want to not just bury my head in the sand, not go engage in those spaces because maybe it's better if I don't know, Right? But rather, God is moving on our hearts to give us compassion for people. There's, come on. There are some hurting people in South Florida that need the love of God to be expressed to them. Would you agree? So it's our calling. This is a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. Come on, somebody. We need to be moved with the call of God that's in our lives to go and actually do something. I'm not talking about religious exercise. I'm talking about out of overflow of intimacy with knowing him. We're moving out of overflow, out of intimacy of truly knowing God to love other people with this compassion that moves us into this calling. And let me get really practical with you here. This is where we tie our hearts to the hearts of the Lord. This is massively important through point three, our contribution. This is where, listen, this is no religious heavy, but this is where we actually put legit skin in the game. And we don't just talk, you know, Jesus stuff. We actually put skin in the game. And this is where it's a connection of the heart as displayed through the giving of our three things. Most importantly, time. It's the most valuable commodity in each of our lives. It's, it's you know, <laughs> once it's spent, it's spent. And then once it goes by, there's no getting it back, right? It is it, where we give our time. Come on, you ever had somebody say, man, I just don't, I don't have the time to come over and hang out with you. You ever heard somebody say that to you? That is garbage. That is, <laughs> that is not true. You make space for what you want to make space for, what's valuable to you, right? You're going to give your time to what's important to you. 
And so the kingdom of heaven is important with our time. Last, secondly, it's, it's our talents, like the things that we carry. I could go through a list of like all the different spiritual gifts that are, that are resonant inside the body of Christ. There's administration, there's helps, there's service, there's hospitality, there's all kinds of stuff. There's, there's, you know, just beauty that's in the body that we need activated. The enemy wants to keep it down so that we can't actually take the ground that we need to take. Hey, if he just silos off this person or that person, then they don't have a voice to contribute and it's going to limit the kingdom of God. Is everybody following what I'm saying here? This is important. We need to wake up to this stuff. It's the reason the church is being scattered in so many ways. I hear people, oh, it's just me and Jesus. I'm going to go hang out in my home. Just me and Jesus. That is the biggest lie. It's never been just you and Jesus. It never will be just you and Jesus. It's you, Jesus, and all of Jesus' people. Even people say, well, I'm leaving the church. You can't leave the church. There's no such of a thing as leaving the church. You might not go to some building on a Sunday morning anymore, but you're still a part of his body, right? And so we connect our hearts with our time, our talents, and our financial resources. I could talk a lot about that, right? And there's nothing more valuable to give when we feel the pinch of it a little bit. How about discipline ourselves to actually put a payment on a recurring schedule to wherever we feel to give, right? How about looking at the people as we go out during our day and say, Lord, what offerings do you want me to give out to this person or that, right? There's all kinds of things that God can do in and through us there. If I could have our Harbor Home leaders come up to the front. We're going to close here today. Thank you guys for hearing me. Sacred space, sacred space, your heart, the beauty of your life. Juan, could you put this back just over there? That'd be awesome. Yes, Will, come on up. It's awesome. We're missing a few. A couple are sick. Judah, thank you. These are some really beautiful people right here um, that I have the privilege of knowing and that feel a great compassion um, to create space for people to engage with one another. And so starting this next week, we're going to be meeting here every single Sunday. So come, you don't have to, I get calls all the time, text, is it first Sunday, third Sunday? I'm like, I, I'm like every Sunday right here, just come here, okay? And so we're going to be here every Sunday. But there's going to be some space for engagement, for connection. Like we have, even just on the other side of this, that room in there, we're calling it the table. I love that. How many of you know how many lives were changed around Jesus by sitting at a table? I love gatherings. I love worship services. I love all of it. But just sitting at a table with somebody, spending time together. It's going to look a lot more like this in the days to come. I'm telling you globally, the way things are going, we're going to need each other. We're going to need this thing called the family of God, right? Super important. And how we pastor people here is through Harbor Home. Because that's where you can be seen and known and heard and cared for in a practical way. Right? If you come in here on, on Sundays where we just have a big gathering and you have something going in your life, maybe you can get prayer at the end. Maybe there's a little space for that. But in this space, there's room created. 
so that you can be strengthened. This is important, y'all. This is vital, right? So could you just join me by extending your hands of love to, to ones that have said, hey, I'll lay my life down. I'm going to come a little early. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about people throughout the week and, and try to empower others. Lord, we thank you for these friends. And we ask that even as, as we conclude this time today and commission these ones, that God, you'd fill them with your grace, that you'd fill them with power and authority, Lord, to be representatives, Lord, of your nature and your heart. You are the shepherd of the sheep, Lord. You care for people. May these ones just be strengthened with might on the inside, Lord, to just do something so powerful, Lord, as an expression of their lives just being laid down on this altar of sacrifice to say, hey, I'm going to make space for you, Jesus, to come and touch people. Could everybody in this room just rise as we close? And I just want to pray over you just before we go. And I want to say some things over your heart if you would just close your eyes. I want to tell you that you are valuable, that you matter, that you carry significance on the inside of you, that you are unique. There is nobody on the earth ever that is exactly like you in the way that you think, in the way that you're wired, in the way that you're designed. And Lord, as as we acknowledge those things, we ask for you to begin to empower these believers. And not only these believers, but believers throughout our entire region. Can we pray that today? Over all the churches in this region, raise up people out of the pews, out of the seats, out of Sunday morning gatherings, and begin to empower them to go and impact their world in their spheres of influence, Lord, with your glory. We just even ask this, Lord, would you put your anointing on us, Lord? That just, we already have the calling, but would you clothe us with something bigger than ourselves so that when we go, we carry you and people see that. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. Look up here at me for just a minute. I love you. We love you. We care for you. It's going to be an exciting, exciting journey. Over the course of this next year, I can't wait to see what Jesus is going to do on the other side of this. We're going to give a little space just if these guys want to just do maybe a little bit of worship, but you're just, you're officially dismissed. If you need to get your kids out of the nursery, that would be awesome. Hey, go meet somebody, talk to somebody, spend some time with somebody before you go here. Um, God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.